Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. Did you know that on jamesmillerlifeology.com, you can enroll in the academy I created for listeners just like you? I've created courses you may take at your own pace, which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Enroll in one of the classes today. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you rediscover who you truly are. I'll also be interviewing author Katie Holbert, who shares her story of finding her voice after being raised in a cult. Katie also reviews her book, Girl Please, a reformed people pleaser's guide to finding your voice. This is a powerful book which will give you the tools and techniques you need to help you find your voice. For more information on Katie, please visit shifthappensanyway.com. You may also purchase Katie's book on Amazon or in the store at jamesmillerlifeology.com. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Rediscovering who you truly are. In life, we experience so many things. Often, we have many roles in which we play, which often determine how we view ourselves. For example, you're a parent, you're a sibling, you're a child, you're a spouse, you're a coworker. There are so many roles that we play, whether we want to or not. When you strip away all those roles, who truly are you? Many times, we unfortunately allow situations to determine who we are. And when that happens, we all of a sudden become someone that we were never meant to be. The situations you've experienced are simply situations. It's not who you truly are. In psychology, we often refer to a person as an onion. And and that analogy simply means that like an onion, you peel it back layer by layer until you finally reach the core. And that's the same way with a person. There's so many layers around us until we finally get to the center of who we are. I remember there was a technique I learned when I was in graduate school. And in this technique, you simply ask the client, who are you? And I often would use this on myself when I was struggling with different things. So for example, I would say, James, who are you? And then I would name off the different roles that I played in people's lives. For example, I am a therapist. I am a radio host. I am a sibling. I'm a friend. I'm a business owner. So you look at all the different external layers of who you are, and then you go deeper. So after you go through the first layer, then you say, well then, okay, strip that away. And who are you? And then I would go deeper and deeper. And I actually was doing this during a time of a breakup that I once had. And in that moment, I got down to the layer of, I am a lonely person. I'm a broken person. I'm a sad person. And I went through all these different elements of what I was truly feeling. And then I stopped and I thought, wait a minute, that's not who I really am. That's what I'm feeling. And that's one of the most important lessons we can learn. When we go through different situations, we often forecast our future based off what we feel right now. 
And that's what we call emotional forecasting in psychology. So when you can recognize that what you're feeling is based off of a moment in your life, you'll realize that's not who you really are. But unfortunately, we often will take those snapshots of what we're feeling in the moment and that situation now defines who we are. So if I were to say I'm still that lonely person, I'm that brokenhearted person, and if I carry that into my future, unfortunately, that's how I would see myself. I would see myself as damaged or someone who has baggage. And that's the same type of thing that you need to be careful of as well. If you inadvertently allow those situations to determine who you are, that then creates a broken foundation for who you're going to be. So I would ask you, who are you? And when you can strip away each of those elements of the roles you play in people's lives and also the inner core of who you are, then ask yourself, is that true? Or is that simply based off what I felt at one time or maybe what I'm feeling right now? And then the great thing about that is you get to refute those thoughts. No, I'm not this person. I'm not that. I'm not what people have said about me. I am this. I am that. I'm this amazing person. And you get to fill in those adjectives of who you truly are. Because when you can get to the core of who you are and recognize all the faulty belief systems you have, you get to then rebuild yourself. And then when you rebuild yourself, you become the person that you were meant to be. So my challenge for you today is who are you? Be the person you've always been and strip away all those faulty belief systems that you have in your life. A quick example of one of the courses you'll find in the academy entitled Spirit, Mind, Body, The Perfect Triad. This non-religious course helps you understand how your intuition, or rather your gut, your logic, and your body all work together to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Enroll in the class today. As a cult and abuse survivor, Katie Holbert is quickly becoming a powerful voice within the self-help community. As one who fought and clawed her way to a life filled with joy, she has learned the hard way that life is too short not to make your life your own. Welcome to my show, Katie. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm really excited to hear this. You have a, an amazing backstory, so we're really looking forward to hearing about that. And then we're going to jump over into your amazing book, Girl Please, A Reformed People Pleaser's Guide to Finding Your Voice. This is going to be a very exciting interview today. You were in a cult. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> yes. Well, some people are familiar. I don't know how many people are, but um, there's this thing called the shepherding movement. Mm -hmm. It was back in the 70s and 80s. Mm -hmm. It was kind of worldwide, whatever. And um it turned into this very jacked up, you know, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it really kind of craziness. But if you look it up on you do a little research and whatnot, Pat Robertson once um, <laughs> compared it to Jonestown minus oh the Kool-Aid. Wow. Yeah. So it just kind of gives you an idea of, you know, it's basically with the idea being that the authority within the church have ultimate control and mm -hmm. you have no control of your life. Everything is they tell you what's right, what's wrong, which obviously leaves a lot of room for interpretation. So many abuses, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you, you know, you're leaving room for anybody to come in who maybe isn't even spiritual, doesn't even know God, doesn't have any relationship with God, but they can fake it. Mm -hmm. And then they can come in and they've got full reign to do whatever they want to you behind closed doors. Yeah. And so, cause nobody checks anybody's authority. Mm -hmm. And so it be, you know, it, it started out probably with this good intent of like, Oh, you know, accountability. And we're trying to help people and, you know, keep them accountable to things. And, and then it just went left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. I actually have heard of that movie before and I do understand what you're discussing. How did you realize that this wasn't right for you? Well, I mean, I was raised in it. Mm -hmm. So my parents, when I was 12, um, my dad kind of had an epiphany and was like, oh, this is jacked up. We're mm -hmm. getting out of here. And so um, through a series of events, got us out. But the process of that, and this is 
kind of where things really started to go south as well was, you know, he cut the tie and then said, we're out. We lost all of our friends, Mm. everybody we knew. We moved away and we had to start over. And of course, you know, it's the 80s. My parents were not equipped to know anything of what was going Mm -hmm. on. They were just as uh, confused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, naive being better um, of what's going on. They just knew it was wrong. So get us out. But they didn't teach us when I say us, me and my sister, they didn't teach us um, or take us to therapy or anything of like how to handle everything that was wrong. Cause we were, you know, they went into it as adults, right? So they mm-hmm. made a conscious decision, but we, I didn't know anything else. Yeah. Um, we, we got into it when I was three and I never knew anything else. And so for me, that was my whole life. And so, and then I was never really taught how to get out of it, you know, how to yeah, undo of course. everything that you're taught. And so that created a whole nother series of problems. Mm. Um, just cause we were told that, you know, you put it away, we don't talk about it. We don't deal with it and we just move on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And as we know now, that is so effective. Yes. Woohoo. <laughs> That's amazing. It's so helpful long term. It really is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So when you were in this call to this the shepherding movement, I'm assuming you were told what to do, how to be, how to look, how to dress, how to think, how to feel. Everything was really micromanaged. How did you find that as you grew older that that eventually was like I can't even be this person. I, I, there's no way I can live up to that person, that, that ideal version that this cult leader or cult person would say that you had to do. So how did you recognize that that was not attainable? Well, honestly, through a complete mental breakdown. Mm. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, you have to really be torn down with to be re- rebuilt again. That's for sure. Yeah, you have to kind of, you know, when I was about 25, I was suicidal. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was planning my suicide. This is awful, but, and I laugh about it now, but it, I really had a whole plan for how I was going to kill myself. Mm -hmm. And I was just done the depression, the self-hate that I could never live up. Um, and all of the things, and there, you know, there's a lot of sexual abuse and things that went on. So there's so much shame and just, Mm -hmm. it's just layers and layers. Right. And I just couldn't carry it anymore. And, um, so I was kind of planning my, my death. And I actually had kind of a power encounter in my car driving. I was in college. This is even better. I was in college studying um, psychology and theology. <laughs> I'm going to help the world. First, I'm going to kill myself. I mean, just like, what? Crazy sure. town, crazy town. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, really, that's how that happens, right? So, I'm in my car and I'm driving to school and I had, I had it all planned out. And then I physically felt this presence in my car mm. and I heard an audible voice say, go to the hospital. Wow. And I felt it physically in my whole body. I've never had anything quite like that. Um, and so I just drove to the psych ward and I checked myself in and I said, if you don't help me, this is it. And that kind of shifted things. I, I got on antidepressants, which mm-hmm. I highly recommend for sure. anybody who has had any sort of long-term um, neglect or abuse mm-hmm. or whatnot, because you, your body physically, what I know now sure, yeah. <laughs> is when you're in fight or flight for 20 years, yes. you, your body stops being able to produce anything mm-hmm. to give you any sort of serotonin or happy, happy hormone, whatever you want to, mm-hmm. however you want to phrase it. But there is a lot of science behind that. Your body just stops because yes. it's like, I got nothing to pull from mm-hmm. anymore because <laughs> we have lived in fear for 25 years. Yeah. And, and so that kind of, that started to, after about 10 days, my, my brain just clicked in and it was like, oh, okay. I feel kind of normal. Like, oh, this is must be what other people feel like. Yes, of course. Like, yeah. You know, 
And then that started the process of like, oh, holy hell, I am never going back there. Mm-hmm. Yes. I am never that I can't do this anymore. I can't ever have that thought again. I can't ever walk down that road. And so I made a decision at that point that I was going to do whatever it took to really get free of what was causing all of this. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a horrible place to live. And um, so that was, I would say, the, kind of the catalyst at that point. That was yes. I mean, a big catalyst. <laughs> yeah, that's, well. that's, well, that's amazing. I mean, because it, because then you really realize that all of the precursors and all the templates that society or, or just even how you grew up and you can really understand that the world, all of us have been told to act in our ideal self and we can never attain our ideal self. And in that it's this perpetual cycle of never feeling good enough, never feeling like we can, oh. can really, yeah, exactly. Um, compare to our peers or uh, compare to this the, the top 1% of the world. And it's like, well, if we all feel that way, none of us are the top percent of the world. So it's just, <laughs> right. it's this perpetual hamster wheel that we are continually on and yeah. we can never feel good about ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. It just, it perpetuates constantly. Con- you know, it's this just constant heaping of, mm-hmm. oh, you should be this or be this or, or, you know, or there's shame, even in the fact that you don't, um, feel good about it. The fact there's shame in being depressed, there's mm-hmm. shame in having anxiety and like, you should be able to power through it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can tell you what you should do with your shoulds. <laughs> yeah. well, you. you even look at all these uh, social media applications and you see that everybody presents in their perfect world. You know, I, I saw, I saw this one thing where they showed pictures, but they had the best part of it was cropped. But then you see in the background, it's like the chaos around them. And it was just so interesting how the real life versus the perceived life on these social media apps, it's totally different. And I think we can, we perpetuate that as a society of this is my perfect life. And except I'm, I'm, you know, I can look at this beautiful house and I'm actually squatting in the house, you know, it's not even my house. And I'm like, oh, this is my house. You know, people think whatever they want. But the point is, is that we present this persona to the world that's not even who we are when the doors are closed. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. There's so much shame in vulnerability. Mm-hmm. There's so much shame in our culture for weakness. Mm-hmm. We can't be weak. Yeah. No, you got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You got to make it happen. You got to be, you got to be the best. You got to, you know, there's so many things in that. And so the fact that you might not be the best, the mind, the fact that you might not feel great, the fact that deep inside you feel a little bit weak and whatnot, that mm-hmm. is just the amount of shame that gets heaped on mm-hmm. in our culture because of that. So God forbid you show anybody that. Yeah. Exactly. And that was the impetus for you writing your book, Girl Please, A Reformed People Pleaser's Guide to Finding Your Voice. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Well, tell us about that. Tell us about this book. So this book is actually, um, I'm realizing now that I haven't really um, promoted this part of it, but it is actually a workbook. There are three um, exercises within the book on kind of helping you reframe Mm-hmm. what's going on. Okay. So I am not a proponent of, <laughs> in case you didn't already get this, <laughs> um, powering through. I think that is a crock of blank. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um, mostly because it just doesn't work long term. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think deep underneath, it doesn't necessarily, when you work through stuff, um, some of the exercises that I have in there isn't about this necessarily deep, let's deal with all your issues and you know all the pain from your childhood or whatnot. It's about reframing. The exercises are about showing you who you are and being able to recognize the things that you are not allowing yourself to accept about mm-hmm. yourself because of the shame or the stigma. Yes. 
attached to those things. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, I have an example in my book about me being bossy, right? I am bossy (laughs) and I just am. And it is my gift. It's taken me a long time to see it as my gift. Let me tell you, because everybody's like, oh, you're a woman, you're bossy, you're, you know, there's a lot of words that get attached Mm -hmm. to being bossy when you're, especially when you're a woman. And so it's something I always fought in myself of like, oh, well, I have to be nicer about it or I have to find a good way to say it or approach it differently, which just causes this massive anxiety inside, right? Because you're always trying to do it a better way Mm -hmm. because everyone's told you that that is a bad quality. Well, the reality is if you reframe it and you take all the shame out of it, guess what bossy is? Another word for bossy, leader. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's great reframe. Exactly. Yes. Right? And like everybody, I can guarantee you every leader in the entire world who is leading a company, who is leading a country, who is leading a movement is freaking bossy. Well, the word boss, (laughs) bossy, I mean, that's exactly it. (laughs) But that's, you know, if you could take the shame out of things, Mm -hmm. if you can take the negativity out of it, you can see it for what it is. It's so much easier to accept. Yes. And then the angst inside starts going away Mm -hmm. because it's like, yeah. I am bossy and I don't feel shame about mm-hmm. being bossy because it's not a shameful thing yes. because just because somebody else said it was shameful doesn't mean that it is. That's very powerful. And I, the way I would maybe even piggyback off that as well is there's a, when we can identify our own personal integrity, um, mm-hmm. our, wh- whatever that baseline is, however we view our integrity overall, when we're true to ourselves with our personal integrity and we demonstrate, let's say, a characteristic of bossiness, you're going to present yourself based off of your personal integrity of how that's going to look to the world. So if you're comfortable right. and you're confident in your personal integrity and you realize how you're going to present yourself based off of what you feel is healthy for you, it doesn't matter what other people think. It's because this is within your healthy parameters of what your integrity right. is. And therefore, you're going to demonstrate that quality as such. And the irony of it is the as you actually accept it, mm-hmm. it comes off way less harsh. <laughs> it really does. Yes. <laughs> because you're not fight. There's no angst around mm-hmm. it, right? There's no, there's no fighting. There's no pulling. There's no, it just is. And you're yeah. totally at peace with it. And you're totally comfortable with the fact that other people might not like it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And that's totally you, okay. You get to not like it. Yes. That's fine. There's things about you I don't like. That's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, there's, you know, I think, um, I've had some people get caught up in the language of people pleaser. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, I'm not a people pleaser, you know, for my book and whatnot. And I'm like, you know, I'm using that as kind of a general term, but really at any point, if you're trying to be or do something different than who you really are in order to gain approval from somebody else or in order to resist punishment, you are people pleasing. Mm -hmm. That's called codependence. Yeah, and if it's if you're not if you're not being true and authentic to yourself, then yes, yeah. you are going to present yourself differently. You are going to do something that's not true to self, and that, like you said, is a form of people pleasing. It is, and you just feel. And the thing is, is we all try to like, okay, well, maybe I can shift this a little bit, or I can do this a little bit differently. But you won't feel the need to do that if you can stand in a place of acceptance mm-hmm. of who you truly are. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, part of figuring out how to accept yourself, I really believe, is being able to look at the traits themselves, look at the things that, who am I really? Mm-hmm. What do I want to own about myself? Yes. You know, some of that too is people will put stuff on you of like, this is who you should be, or this is, and it's just not who you are. Yeah. Like, and you got to decide as an adult, like, you know what? I don't want to own that. That isn't, I'm never going to be that person. I don't really care to be that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not going to spend 90% of my energy working on my flaws. Yeah, exactly. Let's spend 90% of our energy 
embracing what's great, mm-hmm. right? And letting that shine and letting that have a voice and have a presence. And, you know, you're always going to work on things. Welcome to being human. Yes. You know, that's going to be the rest of your life. Why are we spending so much energy on that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You think about people, we see all these beautiful, well, quote unquote, beautiful models, and they have these perfect, perfectly, um, perfect aesthetics. And we're like, oh, I want to be like that. And so we work out, we work out, you know, and someone who is, has maybe a larger frame all of a sudden wants to be this incredibly thin person, but genetically it just, your body doesn't do that. And so you, a person can create this perpetual cycle of, I want to look like this. And so they spent all this time being something that they could never be genetically, but yet we still try it. And so it's this, once again, that hamster wheel we talked about earlier of trying something that you will never be able to maintain. Sure. You could probably get down to that weight, but your body can't maintain that. You get sick and therefore your body will then go back to its true baseline. And then we're like, oh, what's wrong with me? I'm eating all this food or I'm not eating enough. Why won't my body do this? And it's like, you were never meant to be that. You were never meant to look like that person. We all have our own set of... Um, of skill sets, you know, of, of your personalities, of all these different types of things. So when we can, just like what you're saying, when you can really recognize who I am and who I'm not, that is a very powerful and liberating philosophy or mentality. Yeah. And really the people, you know, it's funny because there's less angst around, you know, uh, relationships, mm-hmm. like in your life and, you know, friendships and people that are close to you because you're no longer trying to be someone um, that you think is more appealing mm-hmm. or sure. whatnot. You, as you are yourself, you attract the people who just naturally like that. Yes. And then the, the fear and the worry and the thing, all of that stuff goes away. It's interesting how that, you know, I think a lot of, you know, people out there say, you've got to love yourself first or whatever. And that has always annoyed the crap out of me. <laughs> I'm just going to be frank. Some of this like self-help stuff makes me real, real mad because Nobody gives you the understanding of what that means mm. or how to do that. Yeah. It's not about powering through and being like, well, I just, it's about analyzing it and looking at it and mm-hmm. saying, okay, well, what, what am I? Who am I? What am I about? What do I believe about myself? What yeah. do I believe about the world? Is that what I want to believe anymore? Is that true? If it's not true, let it go. And if you're still unsure, research it, get, you know, do some Mm -hmm. experiments around it, figure out what's true and what isn't and start walking in that. And the more that you do that, the more that you able, you are able to love yourself because you're taking out all the crap, Mm -hmm. all the BS that's been heaped on you for years and years and years about who you should be, what it should look like, what your life should be. Um, yeah, all the shoulds Mm -hmm. love those. Those are so fun. (laughs) Um, and you start to separate those out and take them away. And then you're actually able to see what is yes. without any shame, without any worry, without any pressure, without any fear. And then, oh, yeah, that's way easier to accept. Oh, yes. yes. Okay, cool. And it may not be as daunting as what we think. It may not be as, right? as quote unquote bad as what we think because you're like, oh, I'm kind of good. I, I actually kind of like myself or different, see different things. And, oh, I can change that now that I'm aware of it. If I don't like it, then I can change it. Yeah. And if I don't want to, I don't have to. Yes, but you can, exactly. you know, it's a, it's a conscious choice and it's actually an easy one. It's not this necessarily super, I mean, I'm all for therapy and going deep and working through that stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's really necessary to get your pla- yourself to a place so that you can start to make conscious choices. Yeah. And, um, and I'm a hundred percent on board with that, but sometimes this stuff isn't 
all this massive, heavy stuff, it's, it's about what you've come to believe about yourself because of all that Mm -hmm. heavy stuff. Right. Yes. So it's, that stuff is important and needs to get healed and whatnot, but it's the after effect. It's Mm the, Oh, I'm this, or I'm that, or I'm not this, or I'm not that, that you've come to believe because of those situations or those experiences or the society and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And it's a matter of just looking at it and reframing it in a way that you can receive it and accept it. Not in a way that somebody else is telling you you should. (laughs) Exactly. Your own, your own voice in your head, which tells you how to to accept it. Well, I I agree with you. There's a spectrum of when therapy is appropriate. And there's also, it's, it's our self-responsibility to look on that on our own. I mean, that's something we all have to take inventory in ourselves, and we don't necessarily need a therapist for that. You know, obviously I am one, but the point is, is that right. we all, we all have to come from a place of, of self-ownership of saying at the end of the day, I live with myself. And if I don't like myself and I'm struggling, then it's my responsibility to change it. Right. And to realize that some of that is, it's more about, um, you know, this goes with your point and it's a bit of a devil's advocate, but accepting mm-hmm. who you are rather than saying, oh, well, it may be if I change this, I'll feel good about yeah. myself. Well, it's that perpetual. Yeah, that's never going to work. Yeah, it's that perpetual <laughs> carrot that, that's, um, you, we, that's dangled in front of us. Oh, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that. You know, I'll be better once yeah, this yeah. changes. It's like, well, that's, I've changed it and I still don't feel very good. <laughs> oh my God. I can tell you right now, I used to, this is a fun side note. Well, I don't know about fun, but I had an eating disorder for years and, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I've had all the things, right? Yeah. The, <laughs> you come from that kind of life and you just, sure. it manifests itself in all sorts of fun ways. But I have never felt more insecure than when I was as fit as a person a human could possibly be. Mm. I was more insecure at that time than I w- ever was when I was overweight because I had achieved the goal and it still didn't do anything. Wow. And I'm sure that was, you felt, I'm sure at a loss of that as well. Like, wow, I'm here and I, it was empty. It's an empty goal. Oh, it's goal. horrible. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. And so perpetually going after that carrot, like you said, it's actually worse. It mm-hmm. actually makes it worse. It feels worse because you do get there and then you realize, oh my God, yeah, I still hate myself. Yes. I still feel disgusting. I still look in the mirror and my friends are telling me, eat a cheeseburger. And I'm like, no, I have this pocket of fat right by my butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can't see what they can see. And mm-hmm. I feel awful about myself. Yeah. And, and then the perpetual cycle that you have to keep that up. Cause that's not even really me. You know, mm-hmm. it's not my body. That's not my body type. Wasn't made to be that specific way. Mm-hmm. And whatnot, but then there's this massive pressure and then the anxiety builds and then, you know, the eating disorder got worse and worse. But um, I think there is that notion that somehow if I can just do this, I'm going to feel good. Yes. Or if I can just fix this little area about myself, or if I can just not be like this or not feel this Mm -hmm. way or not act this way or... I will somehow get to that place of self-acceptance and joy and, and feel loved and feel worthy of love. Yeah. And it's, it's counterintuitive, but it's the exact opposite. Yeah, exactly. Because we don't, we, like we said earlier in this, in this interview is that what all those amazing things that are in our life that we don't see, we're focusing on the negative part of it. We're focusing on those things that, that perpetual yeah. cycle, that's really at the core of who we are. It's, we're, we're missing out completely and actually thriving in life as opposed to just existing to chase that, that endless carrot. 
Yeah. Well, Katie Colbert, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and to purchase your book, Girl Please, A Reformed People Pleaser's Guide to Finding Your Voice, where would they find this information online? Well, you can find the book on Amazon. I do have a paper copy and a Kindle copy currently. Mm -hmm. And then um, my website is Shift Happens Anyway, and that has an F in it. (laughs) (laughs) Shift Happens, yes. and you can find me there. You can, um, I'm also on Facebook. Um, Freedom Joy Living is the backslash of that. And, um, or you can follow me on Instagram at KT Holbert. Well, wonderful. Katie, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. What I'm going to do as well is I'm going to put Girl Please, a reformed people's pleasers guide to finding your voice on my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com. So if my listeners aren't able to find it, just simply go to my store at once again, jamesmillerlifeology.com and you can purchase it directly through Amazon. Katie Holbert, thank you once again for joining with us today. We've really enjoyed your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Really, really awesome. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.